Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chuck, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chuck for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time your holster is way more important than you think it is it's just way more important than you think it is what look and i get that the holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please. Don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. (laughs) 
This is The Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine sitting in a bunker. All of your friends are dead. You are surrounded on all sides as the enemy closes in. I want you to think about what's going through your mind at that point in time. Is it fear? Is it resignation? Is it anger? Is it sadness? Whatever you're feeling, I want you to think about having the presence of mind to call in an artillery strike on yourself as one final act. Today, we are going to talk about what I find to be one of the most fascinating battles out there. Not necessarily for the battle itself, although the battle itself is sweet and fascinating, and we're going to dig into it today. It's awesome. But for what it meant for a nation, one of the great nations of the last, gosh, 500 years, no doubt, thousand maybe depending on how far back you want to go you see let's backtrack just a bit and you'll notice I do that a lot and I do that because one of the things I find so fascinating about history is how it all blends together we we learn about one thing you know, at a time, whether it's your history class or maybe you're watching a documentary, maybe you're doing this, doing that, and you're learning about this. Or this is, uh, this is uh, World War I. This is uh, the Civil War. And you learn about that. But as soon as you step back, man, you find out everything that happened before had a lot to do with that. And then you step back some more, and everything that happened before that had a lot to do with that. And it just, it all blends together. We're going to get to the battle of Dien Bien Phu in 1954 in Vietnam. You've never heard of it, Chris? Oh, you're about to. This massive battle between France and the Viet Minh, the commies in Vietnam. We're going to get there. But you can't just jump in there. In fact, you have to really select your spot where you want to jump in. I find that to be fascinating, extremely fascinating. I mean, the guy at Dien Bien Phu, he he was born in the 1800s. Isn't that weird? The general for the Vietnamese in Dien Bien Phu was born in the 1800s. Now France, let us get to France. You can make the argument, this is only my argument, this is actually not one I've read, watched, listened to, you can make the argument 
World War One broke France permanently. Not not for a few years. Not for, broke France permanently. In the same way, star running back, the best in the world, runs into somebody he shouldn't in a way he shouldn't, knee is blown, and now he's just a step slower, and now those cuts he used to make, he can't make them anymore. And now that guy he used to run over, he can't run him over anymore. Only he's used to still doing all that, so he's still trying to make that cut, and he's still trying to run people over. Instead, he's getting blasted game after game after game, and now his body's breaking down. The rest of it's breaking down because he's trying to play like the biggest, fastest guy on the field, and he ain't the biggest, fastest guy on the field anymore. And that's getting worse and worse by the day. This is by far not a World War I story. We've talked about that enough. Just know, just remember, as I've told you a million times, more French, more Brits, more Italians died in World War I than in World War II. In World War I, on the Western Front anyway, which was the main front, took place in France. Not in Britain, not in Germany, on French soil, and they lost over one million dead on top of the gruesome, gruesome casualties and injuries. Injuries, war injuries have always been a thing, right? You can look and see a old cannonball wound on a guy's armor. From the Napoleonic era. There's actually a picture floating around online about that. It's really cool. There's a big hole in the guy's chest. I mean, it wasn't cool for that guy, I'm sure, but there's a big hole in the guy's armor, and it shows where a cannonball went through. War wounds and injuries got a lot more gruesome in World War I. All of a sudden, you're showing up back home. You have veterans showing up back home. One guy didn't have eyes or a nose anymore. France was broken after World War I. So broken, they tried to take their pound of flesh with the Treaty of Versailles, but broken. And not only broken militarily, just as a nation, socialism began to rise rapidly in the French army towards the end of World War I. They actually had many executions of people who were flat out mutinying because there was a socialist revolution going on. People's rights, we don't want to die for your war anymore type thing. And let's be honest, as much as you and I despise socialism, don't you think that's a lot more appealing when you're in year three of dying in a trench with everyone else? What am I dying for? Screw these people in charge. You know, it sounds nice always. And the country's political system was breaking up because they lost too many men. Yeah, they won World War I, but they lost too many men. A nation, a nation our size, 330 million, cannot withstand the loss of over a million dead of your young men. And you build nations on your young men. You do. 
Chris, do me a favor because I don't do research for the show. While I'm talking, look up the total population for France in World War One. It broke them. They move on. World War II comes around. Again, this is not a World War II story, so I'm not going to belabor the point. But remember, this is a very, 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 very proud country. Right up to World War II, this country militarily has a record that will stack up against virtually anybody for a long period of time. We're talking Napoleon, baby. We're talking World War I. Frenchmen standing there taking it on the chin. Then World War II comes around. You have the superior army. Remember, in the Battle of France, Hitler was not supposed to win that. The French had superior numbers, superior equipment. The, the French should have won that. Hitler invades against the advice of his generals and blows you off the map in six weeks. You just stood toe-to-toe with Germany from 1914 to 1918 and acquitted yourself very, very well. Six weeks. Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. You know that they will take your house away from you, right? If your home title gets stolen, jacked, whatever word you want to put on it, and you can't get it taken care of, they will take your home. That's how this works. The FBI is not freaking out about this crime just for no reason at all. Home title theft is a big, big, big deal. They can't wrap their minds around how to stop it yet, how to stop these criminals. And so you have to take care of that on your own, meaning you need HomeTitleLock.com to make sure your home title does not get stolen. If you go to HomeTitleLock.com and put in the code JESSE, that'll get you 30 free days of protection. But whether you do that or not, at least go register your address at HomeTitleLock.com and find out if you're already a victim of it, and you might be. Don't lose your home. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. I'm trying to make you understand... How a nation falls before we get to DMVN food before I'm trying to make you understand my French theory that World War One ended the nation. In 1910, the average life expectancy was 50 years old in France. You know what it was in 1915? 36. France lost over 4% of its population in World War One. Over 4% of its population. Wrap your mind around that. 
you understand that would be like 13 million Americans dying over 13 million. You, you get that, right? What would the impact be on our nation if we went and fought a war and 13 million Americans died? You can't wrap your, you can't wrap your mind around it. That's what happened to France. They get to World War II. They're still strong on paper, but mentally broken on top. Again, I make all the excuses for them in the world for Battle of France. I know it's fun to make fun of them. But as soon as they got in a bad spot, and they got in a bad spot early because Germany had a brilliant plan, what do you think was going through the mind of every single French leader in general? You know, what was it? Oh, no. Not again. We can't do this again. And they they capitulate. Hitler's rolling through Paris. You've all seen the you've all seen the video by now. I love it that I can say with confidence that they've all seen the video, Chris, because there's no doubt my audience at this point has seen a World War II documentary with Hitler driving through Paris. Some everyone, ninety nine point nine nine percent of them have. Now, your France, you up to World War II had the proudest of proud military histories. Germany comes in, takes your pants down, gives you a big old spanking on the world stage. And what else happened in World War II that would have wounded French pride? Britain looked real good, didn't they? Isn't World War II, as much as anything, a British success story? It's an incredible, incredible stance, show of grit from Britain. Well, I don't know if you've heard this, but Britain and France, they don't really get along historically. I realize they're not enemies at this time, but if you think France coming off a massive humiliation like that, while her arch nemesis comes off a big win like that, if you think that didn't affect France, you're crazy. Again, got broken in World War I. Now you're getting more and more injured. Now that brings us to our current situation. Remember, this is still, it's funny to think about how recent this was. Because most of you, I mean, some of you were, but most of you were not even alive during this time. I understand we have some World War II, vet list, World War II vets listening, and that's really, really freaking cool. But most of you were not alive during this time. This was still a colonial era. Britain had colonies. France had colonies. And remember, we've talked before about how World War II and what took place there really finished the colonial era for two different reasons. One, after you witness what Hitler just did, storming into places, occupying, taking over, It gets more and more difficult if you're a country like Britain, a country like France, to justify having a little colony. Doesn't it it look bad 
No, you're not storming in there. No, we're not making concentration camps. Well, no, they're their own place. I mean, yes, we're going to pick the rules, but they're their own place. All right, never mind. We're not really picking the rules anymore, but, oh, those natural resources? Yeah, we're going to want first dibs on those. No, we'll pay you for them at, like, one-fourth of market price, but we're going to pay you. See what it, you see what I mean? You try and try to make it look good, but during this time especially, it doesn't look very good when everyone's a little extra sensitive about a European power storming in and stomping on everybody. And there's a second reason. Not only is this, not only are we leaving the colonial era and it looks bad. Remember, lots of times now, because we've moved out of the, no, we're going to have a British governor and we're telling you what to do. Now we have to move into a soft era where they have to sell it. And part of how they sold it was they called themselves a protectorate. No, we're not in charge. We're not ruling you. We're protecting you. We're going to help you along. We're going to get you some modern water and sewer system. Oh, look, some fancy buildings for you. Don't, don't you like that, you, you dirty savages? See that? We're helping you. And don't forget, part of the beauty of being under France and Britain. Remember, col- the colonial age is not all bad. People sell it as all bad. It's not all bad because there were advantages. It's no different than being under the Roman umbrella. A protectorate means protectorate, Jack. Nobody can mess with you. Except what happened in World War II. France. France had Indochina. Cambodia, Laos, Vietnam. France fell in six weeks to Germany. Who came rolling on into Indochina in World War II? Japan. How did Japan conquer nations in World War II, Chris? Was it really lovely or was it medieval times? They did. Japan, their barbarism had far-reaching consequences. They came in. They raped on a mass scale murders of babies. These stories are true. Life under Japanese rule when they came storming in was ugly. And you know I'm like the biggest Japanese fan in the world. Let's not sugarcoat it. It was it was Genghis Khan stuff. So what's going through your mind if you're Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, and you have big brother France who's going to protect you from all this stuff, and then France gets knocked out with one punch and your country gets pillaged? Yeah, people begin to chafe. This protectorate, for being a protectorate, I don't feel very protected. And they really begin to chafe. And now, post-World War II, Vietnam has a real commie thing going on. This is the era of Mao. This is the era of the communist rise in Russia. This is the era where communism begins to get its foothold and the commies in Vietnam do not want France there any longer. Well, here's the problem if you're France. And this is a real problem. Remember, under my theory... 
Their career was over after World War I. They just didn't know it yet. World War II, another massive injury. Now, okay, our pride is wounded. Britain just had this huge win in World War II. They look great. We look like a bunch of saps. This once proud country is famously made fun of for being a bunch of weaklings. We can't let these dirty savages in Vietnam kick us out. And remember, racism is everywhere. Was and is everywhere. There are French writings talking about little yellow people and stuff like that. That's how people talked back then. Hang on. I slept for 11 hours Saturday night. I am not trying to rub it in your face. I take that back. I actually am trying to rub it in your face. But I love my ebb sleep. And if you don't sleep well, every night you need an ebb sleep. And when I say every night, it's because this is what I get when I tell my friends about it, how much I love it. This is what I get. Oh, I mean, no, I didn't sleep well the last two nights, but I bet I'll get a good night's sleep tonight. That's not how the human body works. That's not how the mind works. You need a good night's sleep every night. When you start stringing those days together of good night's sleep, you can't imagine how much it changes how your body physically feels, let alone mentally. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. While you're there, use the promo code jesse. Get 25 bucks off. You can try it risk-free for 60 nights. Tryeb.com slash jesse. You're France, you're embarrassed, and now, who, Vietnam, they're Asian. We're not going to get kicked around by some Asians, we're friends, and that's how they thought then. And don't do that thing. We're all those dirty racists, we're so superior today, oh, shut up. I know the thoughts that go through your head today, too. You're just ashamed to say them. Everyone carries around some sort of prejudice in some way. The people who say they don't and swear they don't are the ones who have some real dark stuff in there. It's fine. We can joke about things and talk about things. But that is how they thought back then. And remember, it went, It was vice versa. The Japanese thought they were superior to everyone. And that's not... It didn't go one way. Well, you can't allow this to happen if you're France. You cannot allow Vietnam to break away in their minds. Your pride has been wounded badly. You can't allow this to happen. At the same time, post-World War II France, have you ever, my word, seen their political situation? It was... Complete collapse. We're talking about a complete change of the government all the time. It was disaster. And who are the generals you want to send to Vietnam? Who's the military star who's going to volunteer to go to Vietnam? Remember, when you get to a high enough level as a general, 
you don't have to go anywhere. You can always just say, oh, actually, I'm retiring. The lower guys have to go where they're told. The big shots? Well, you can either put me up at a very nice residence in Saigon with about 12 Vietnamese cooks and housemaids so I don't have to lift a finger, a personal driver, everything else, or I'm going to retire. And don't kid yourself, that's very much how that works once you get to that level. Now, which general post-World War II France in this situation is volunteering to go fight a thankless war in Vietnam against an opponent there's no glory in beating? And remember, a lot of these guys, I'm not indicting them. That's the mentality. You're in it for the glory. Where's the glory in beating a bunch of ragtag Viet Minh? Remember, they weren't Viet Cong yet. That was Vietnam. These were called Viet Minh. They were the ones who turned into the Viet, not Viet Cong. They were the communist guerrilla forces in Vietnam. Where's the, where's the, uh, we're France. Where's the honor in beating these dirt balls? So you don't get the best leadership. I mean, don't get me wrong. As you'll see, we had some lions over there for France, but on the leadership level, oosh. And they decide they're going to come up with a plan. You see, France does want out of Vietnam, but what France cannot accept at this point in time on the world stage, remember, pride is an ugly thing, what France cannot, what they can't accept right now is another humiliation. Yes, we're going to leave Vietnam. We went out of Vietnam. We don't want to be a colonial power, everyone. We're not, we're not here to stay. But you can't leave with your tail tucked between your legs. You have to leave with some serious concessions. You have to leave, if you're France, with some serious pride-saving stuff. Well, here's the problem. You have, if you're France severely, severely underestimated what you're up against. One, you underestimated the capability of your enemy, the viciousness of your enemy, which we'll come back to in a second. And you've underestimated how committed they are because what have we always talked about and always will when it comes to wars and battles, man, it is awfully tough to march into someone else's homeland and get anything done. If I were to airlift you into a patch of grass in Zimbabwe right now and put a mud hut behind you that you'd never seen before and had an enemy army swarming at you how hard would you fight before you threw your weapon down, ran away, maybe hid? Not, not indicting you. How hard would you fight? Now, what if I stood you in front of your home with your wife and children on the inside and an enemy army coming? How hard are you fighting now? Yeah, you're going to have to carry my dead body away. It's just hard in someone else's homeland. It always has been, always will be. The French come up with a plan. There is a place in northern Vietnam called Dien Bien Phu. And you need to understand what this looks like. One, let's be clear about something. 
The French picked Dien Bien Phu for a very specific reason. Its location means the French could cut off the Vietnamese from being supplied. Who were the Vietnamese commies being supplied by? Well, the sorry thing about those commies is they stick together a lot. Russia and China were pouring supplies. Pouring supplies on these commies. These guys weren't up there fighting with, you know, bamboo dart guns. We're talking artillery and things. Pouring supplies in there, and France knows this. France decides they're going to plop a base at Dien Bien Phu because it's strategically located to try to cut off the supply from the Vietnamese and... And... I mean, 2020's hindsight, but boy, does this look bad in retrospect. They picked it because it would be an appealing place for the Vietnamese to to attack them. Why does it look so appealing? Have you ever seen one of those gigantic nacho bowls that you lay out on Super Bowl Sunday? I'm talking the super, super wide bowl. And then there's a wee little mini bowl in the middle where you put your queso or salsa and then you fill the wide bowl around it with chips. Even if you haven't seen one, you can understand what I'm talking about, right, Chris? The base was in the middle of the mini bowl. Dien Bien Phu is a valley. You can go Google image search pictures of it. I tell you to do that a lot because it adds something to the story when you look at it. It just gets you some idea of it. Dien Bien Phu is a valley. They plop the base in this valley, and they plop the base in a place where there are hills, little mini hills within the valley surrounding it. Surrounding it. They plop it in between there. They build up their base. They are French. They have artillery pieces. They have tanks. They have French foreign legion guys and it should be noted let's take a just a brief moment on the french foreign legion get this you know the french foreign legion lots of those guys aren't french right what year is it at the start of this whole thing you know we had a lot of germans in the french foreign legion at this time Do you know there were Waffen-SS troops in the French Foreign Legion at this time? Former Waffen-SS troops. But that's another matter. I just thought that was a cool little tidbit. Now, you are parked there. You want them to come attack you. That's what France's plan is. Come attack us. We have the superior troops, superior artillery, and we have what we really need. We have an airstrip. Then we add these little hills so we can guard our airstrip. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. I lost my Raycon earbuds, which is uh, devastating. And when I say lost, I mean they were stolen by my wife. 
my wife doesn't even use earbuds or never did before, but she heard me bragging to a friend about it, decided she was going to pop them in because there was some show she was listening to as she was cleaning around the house this weekend. She air fingers, quote, borrows them and then informs me when I come looking for them that they're hers now. So I lost them. And now I have to go to buyraycon.com slash jesse myself and buy myself a brand new pair. The good news is they're like half the price of the other expensive earbuds. And I love these things. It should tell you how great they are that my wife, who doesn't even use earbuds, stole mine. Go to buyraycon.com slash jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash jesse. That gets you 15% off. General Giep. He is the man in charge for Vietnam. He, believe it or not, and I love this. I, I love this part of it. I'm floored. The guy had no military training at all. He was a history teacher. I'm not making this up. But the guy is thought of, to this day, by great military minds, he's thought of as a military genius. No military education, no fancy schools. He loved Napoleon. How ironic is that? He, he loved to read about Napoleon and his great successes. That was just what he did. He lived, I love this guy, they need to make a movie about him. He lived in a grass hut. <laughs> and he's the general in charge of the commie Vietnamese. What a stud. He has a plan. You see that airstrip with those little mountains in the inner circle around it? That airstrip is the only way the French army gets supplied. They have buried themselves on purpose. Remember, they made themselves bait on purpose. They buried themselves in the middle of commie territory. There is no road. There are no trucks. There's no railroad. There's no way in and out. There are two ways to get supplies into the French at this base. One, you have to land something at the airstrip, and that's the best way to supply it. Two, you can parachute some things in if you have to. And this is difficult to explain so I'm going to put it in a way that I think you can probably understand when it comes to supplies. Because we talk so much about supplies and logistics. Me, Marine Corps days. If I am loading up and I'm loading up and we're getting ready to go on a hump, a march into combat. I am going to have 60, 70, 80 pounds of gear on my body. That's that's about what I'm going to be able to withstand, and I'm going to have that much on me. Between, remember, I need water. I have water. I have grenades. I have a flak jacket. My flak jacket has plates I put inside of it. Those are extremely heavy. All this is heavy already. That's before I start strapping magazines to my body. 
various other items to my body. I'm going to have a knife. These things are all very heavy already. We haven't even gotten to my pack. My pack is going to be packed minimally, right? But still, I need something. I'm going to need water. I'm going to need to eat. I'm going to carry a day's rations, maybe two max, but a day's rations on me. Five, six, seven, eight magazines, depending on how decked out I want to be. By the time I'm done, I have 60, 70, 80 pounds of gear on my body. Are you ready for this? I'm one person, 60, 70, 80 pounds of gear on my body that's going to last me a day. One day. Now, what does that look like as far as necessary supplies for a hundred dudes? A thousand dudes, 10,000 dudes, 20,000 men. How much do they need in supply in a given day? And we haven't even mentioned the big stuff. That was me as a regular infantry grunt. Let's talk about the artillery that they have there. Okay, you've got the artillery pieces there. Do you have any idea how big, heavy, and cumbersome artillery shells are? How much they weigh. They have tanks there. Tanks not only need shells for the big guns. Tanks need machine gun ammunition. Tanks need fuel. Does fuel weigh anything? That airstrip, I'm trying to explain it to you, is everything. There is nothing else if you're the French army but that airstrip because your army doesn't have anything. It can't resupply itself. Now let's go to the Viet Minh. The Viet Minh are working their way into the mountains surrounding Dien Bien Phu. Now remember, the French know they're there. They're sending out patrols. They're getting enough. They know they're there. They know they're there, kind of. Here's what they don't know. They don't have a clue how many artillery pieces the Viet Minh have. They don't know the quality of the artillery pieces. And part of the reason they don't know is because these Vietnamese people, as we discovered later on in Vietnam, are freaking rats. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean, these people burrow their way through the earth in a way that you can't even describe. Trenches, tunnels, pits in the ground. They're burying their artillery pieces. Now, that's the good part of it. Here's the bad part of it, depending on how you want to look at it. These North Vietnamese, these Viet Minh, these commies, they're also commies. And commies don't have a great regard for human life, to put it mildly. Hang on, I'll explain. You need a security system in your home. right? I, you, you've really never heard me say that before, but it is time. Look around you. Look at what is happening in this society, in this world. It's just not enough to lock the door at night anymore. It is a crazy world. People are going nuts. 
We still have unemployed people, criminals everywhere, shootings, rioting, burning. Get a safe in your home. And you don't have to go through this whole thing of a guy coming out to install it and all these other things. No, you have, and I quote, the best overall home security of 2020, end quote, right at your fingertips. It's called Simply Safe. Go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse, order your stuff, get the box, open the box, place the sensors, and plug it in, and boom, you have 24-7 professionally monitored home security. Simplysafe.com slash Jesse. You are the Viet Minh. China and Russia may be sending you all kinds of artillery and supplies and ammunition, but this is still a third world country at this time. You, you don't have an airstrip. You don't have airplanes. You don't have tanks. You have some Russian cargo trucks they've given you, but what don't you have for the trucks? You don't have roads, not truck roads, but you're a communist. You have no regard for human life. You believe everything is a collective that serves the greater good. What do you have? You got a whole bunch of poor farmers out there and you've got a gun. Again, there's a positive and a negative to everything, isn't there? Hang on. Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You see, the commies, they needed roads 500 miles worth of roads zigzagging through the jungles, through the mountains. They didn't have bulldozers. What they did have was a bunch of farmers and no regard for human life. So they, how do we want to put it? Impressed? Essentially, they walk into a village. You're coming with me. That's what they did. That's what they did. They forced these people 
pick up a shovel and go dig. Now, forced or not, I wasn't there. I don't know how willing some of them came along. I'm sure some of them willingly came along, but they dug through, dug out those roads, dug out those paths big time. And I mean a lot of them. It's considered a modern military wonder what these people were able to do by hand. It really it is astounding what they accomplished. They surround the French at Dien Bien Phu. The French have absolutely no idea. They don't know how many people they're dealing with. They don't know how well-equipped the people they're dealing with are, and what they don't know is that General Jip on the Vietnamese side is a boss. And... The French commander in charge of all this. Remember, we're at Dien Bien Phu, right? We're in North Vietnam, up towards the border. The French commander, overall commander. Do you know where he is at this time? Saigon in South Vietnam. I'm sure luxuriating in a villa somewhere. Well... General Jep knows exactly what he wants to do. He wants to take the airstrip. He wants to take the little hills around the airstrip. And he knows he has to deal with the French artillery, so he keeps his artillery relatively buried and hidden. He has his people, because again, remember, this is how the Vietnamese fight, freaking tunnel rats. They start digging trenches, lots of them, similar to World War I, and digging trenches towards the French lines. The French are actually unaware of the advancement of so many of these Vietnam Viet men as they tunnel their way down. Then they begin the bombardment. And these French hills surrounding the airbase in the middle, interestingly enough, they're named things like Beatrice and Anne-Marie. They're named after all the mistresses of one of the French generals on the ground. And the French are not idiots, okay? They may be old, broken down, broken fighter, but the French are not morons. They know that airstrip is important. They put a command post, they put people, they put a little mini fire base, if you want to call it, on each one of these hills with a man in charge of it. Keep these hills, hold these hills. But here's the problem. They start getting blown off the map right away, and it just feels sometimes, the more you read history, the more you listen about it, the more you watch it, it feels like, like some things are inevitable. Get this. One of, if not the first artillery shell that lands on Beatrice when the Viet Minh open up their attack blows up their commander. What are the odds of that? Blows up their commander. They do not attack all the hills simultaneously. Remember, this General Giep is no dummy. He focuses on one hill at a time. All the other hills get some artillery, yeah. But what he does is bombard a hill like Beatrice. It was the first to fall. And then he sends human waves after it. Again, 
There are a lot of disadvantages to being a dirty commie. You never want to be one of those. One of the advantages when it comes to combat, as we saw the Russians in World War II, is you don't have any regard for human life at all, including your own troops. Now, that sucks if you're one of those troops. If you're a commander, it's quite an advantage. You 5,000 guys, go charge that machine gun nest. Wait, what? Why? No, you just go if you're a commie. And there are stories about these Vietnamese Vietmen being ordered to and throwing themselves over the machine gun hole of a pillbox so the machine gun will only shoot that guy and tear him to shreds but can't shoot the assault force that's running past anymore. That is bravery, ladies and gentlemen. The French, for their part, are fighting as best they can, but remember how broken the French leadership is and remember the quality of the French senior officers on the first day of combat after they get blown off Beatrice and lose Beatrice. The French artillery officer in charge apologizes to his federal officers walks down into a bunker, grabs a fragmentation grenade, pulls the pin on it, and holds it to his chest. Holds it to his chest. I am not here to do a little side note on suicide and things like that. People have their demons. That's not my... Not my point. When you're in combat, when you're leading men in combat, and you get to a place as a commander, you're so despondent, you go kill yourself on day one of the battle rather than fight with your men, you have a broken leadership structure of a broken nation. That more than anything else convinced me France is broken forever. Now, we're not going to indict all the French troops. You see, they moved right from Beatrice on to the other hills. I think it was day two or three. They took a second one. And officially, at this point in time, the battle was over, even if nobody acknowledged it yet. Because once they took the second hill, the airstrip is now in Vietnamese control. You can't land an airplane on it or the Vietnamese will blow that airplane to bits. Well, what are you supposed to do now without food, without ammo resupplies, with our artillery resupplies? They're trying to parachute them in, and they did parachute things in, but you realize what a nightmare it is to parachute in supplies, how inaccurate it can be. There are stories of these parachute drops, and we're talking parachute drops that can weigh a ton or more. I'm not talking about a little package here. can weigh a ton or more parachute drops landing on the French troops, as in killing somebody. Some of them landing with the Vietnamese forces, resupplying the enemy. Again, you're subject to wind. You're su- it's an inexact science. It's a disaster. You can't. You need too much stuff. France is relaying this information back to their commander. 
Their commander's relaying this information to France, to the leadership in France. The leadership in France is frantic. They're also censoring all of this from the press. The media thinks they're winning the battle. And because France is utterly broken at this point in time, from top to bottom, broken, rotted out, guess who's supplying 90, well, 80% of the French supplies? I'll tell you in a sec. Jesse Kelly, on air and online at jessekellyshow.com. I love having Simply Safe. It makes me sleep better at night knowing my home is secure. And I'll tell you something else. It makes me feel better when I'm gone and the family's there to know that Simply Safe is monitoring my home security system 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it includes emergency dispatch. And get this, the prices, they start at 50 cents a day. I'm not making that up. The prices start at 50 cents a day, and it could not possibly be easier. All you have to do is go to simplysafe.com slash jesse, pick out what you want, They'll send it to you, you open the box, you place the sensors, and you plug them in, and you are protected. And when you go to simplysafe.com slash jesse, that gets you free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simplysafe.com slash jesse. Chris, here's the problem. We laugh about these inappropriate things off air. That one's so funny, I'm tempted to link to it on the show page. Now, the problem is it contains a cuss word. And you know I don't cuss on the show. It's a family show. I realize it's not a terrible cuss word. It's the B word. Just a heads up for everybody. There is... I mean, it's kind of insulting to America, too, but, I mean, there's a pants weddingly funny meme about Vietnam taking on France and America and whatnot. I am going to have Chris quote tweet it or retweet it on the Jesse Kelly Show Twitter page. It's at Jesse Kelly Show, J-E-S-S-E-K-E-L-L-Y, at Jesse Kelly Show on Twitter. I'm going to have him link to it. Do not go if you're a child. Again, it's not dirty in any way. It's just a bad I just cuss word on there. I don't like, you know, I don't need kids reading that stuff. It's very freaking funny. And I mean, it's really freaking funny. <laughs> we have a sickness, Chris. We have a sickness. Now, now it's only a matter of time for France because they're surrounded. The United States of America is actually the one supplying 80% of the arms. Now, why would we be doing this for France? We're worried about the commies. 
we're worried about communist expansion. We understand very well that China and Russia are helping out Vietnam, trying to spread the cause of communism. This is a time where we were rightly very panicked about such a thing. Little did we know they were going to take over America, but that's another story entirely. France couldn't handle the supply situation. We were the supply juggernaut of the world at this point, so... The United States of America was supplying everything. Now, once France got themselves in trouble, they started looking around at the rest of the world to help. But remember, this is a French colony. The rest of the world is coming off of World War II pretty recently. This is 1954. The rest of the world's not coming. Nobody's coming. The airstrip is gone. And now the French have to stand and die for 50-some days at Dienbienfu. They start running out of food. It's kind of hilarious. They never ran out of wine. I think it's really funny that the French, even up to this point in time, would ship mass quantities of wine to the troops. (laughs) There's nothing more French than that. But the French would do these incredible things like like remember that opening I asked about to imagine that that really happened on one of those hills they had been fighting for it and fighting for it and fighting for it and the French are calling for artillery and calling for artillery and calling for reinforcements and they're fighting tooth and nail trying to make it trying to get it done and finally the last man or men, it's only a few of them left, are in there by the radio tower on this hill. They know there are no more reinforcements coming. They're surrounded by the enemy, and this dude picks up the radio and calls an artillery barrage down on himself so he can take a lot of them with him. And I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I find that to be the most brave, glorious, freaking inspiring thing I've ever heard of in my life. There are other stories like that out there. Americans have done it. People have done it. There's a great story uh, the great Dan Carlin has in one of his Hardcore History podcasts about a Russian dude in Stalingrad doing it. He's the last man. German units are on him, calls in an artillery barrage on himself and says goodnight. It's just... Man, that's freaking awesome. The French lose the battle of the Fu. We could go on all day talking about all 50 days. You don't have to. You know how it goes from here. Airstrips gone. Supplies are gone. There was one woman with the French there. She's still honored to this day. They call her an angel trying to care for the wounded The wounded can't get evacuated. Remember, there's no airstrip. She's running out of medical supplies. They're digging beds for the wounded into the walls of an underground tunnel and lining them with parachutes for mattresses. She's telling stories and told stories after the fact about how they'd get letters airdropped to them from home. And some of the wounded men, one of the wounded guys she talked about, She would skip over some of the heartbreaking parts from his wife. Just 
gut-wrenching stuff. France loses that battle. France loses Vietnam. France gets kicked out of Vietnam. France, once the heavyweight champion of the world, off and on again, was never ever the same and is still not to this day. I will tell you, I don't know what the future holds exactly for the United States of America, but I know this for a fact. For a fact. I'm not trying to bring you down. We are, we have crossed the peak and we are on the other side of it. We have entered an era as a nation for a million and one reasons, and we'll break some of them down. We have entered an era as a nation where we are soft, way too emotional, way too weak and scared and broken. We have deprioritized, I don't even know if that's a word, but I went to community college. We have deprioritized family and faith and success. And we've somehow prioritized seeking out every disgusting, rotten thing out there and made that something greatness. We've made it something to achieve. We... I'm I'm looking at a headline right here. Do you remember what we used to scream at Obama about when it came to spending? Do you remember we used to yell at Barack Obama because he would rack up $1 trillion deficits? A trillion dollar deficit in a year. Remember that, right? I remember. I was yelling too. One year, $1 trillion deficit. Do you know what the U.S. budget deficit was for June? For June. $864 billion. We have, I know you're not all feeling it yet because we've managed to kick the can down the road and artificially hold interest rates low. We've managed to do so many of these things. You're not feeling it yet, but we have set our financial system back decades. You and I If you are listening to me at this moment, you will never see the money we've already spent in the last few months paid off in your lifetime. Soak that in. Soak that in for a moment. Wiped out jobs, livelihoods, businesses, the financial system. We've wrecked the mental health of an already fragile nation as we now burn down cities. We're hurting kids' mental health. We're we're telling them they can't go back to school. We've destroyed this place. And why? For a virus with 99.98% survivability rate. Good grief. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. 
I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'll just get a quick cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Who is there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year. Dozens of golf outings. And the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone. Testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. 
Use the code JESSE for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code JESSE. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. 